in five, four, three, two, one. This is Tyler and Adam's Pretentious Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Adam. Hey guys, we are back for the first episode of season two. We took a week off. We had to gather our bearings and just rest a little bit. I mean, this the last 10 episodes has been excruciating. Am I right, Adam? I started my real job. I had a reasonable job. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, we all got stuff going on. But hey, guys, uh, we are happy to be back, and uh, we're excited to get the ball rolling again. We've got a whole bunch of uh, new interesting guests planned for these upcoming episodes. But, you know, to kick things off, uh, first and foremost, we've got... We've got Spencer Gilbert on tonight, and uh, he's got a really, <laughs> he's got a really interesting, uh, I don't know how to say it, theory that uh, he's going to uh, break down for us. Hey, Spencer, do you want to introduce yourself at this point and kind of give us a rundown about who you are? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thanks for the intro. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, my name's Spencer. I'm interested in the concept called geocentrism that people have heard of before. And yeah, just hopefully going to, you know, dispel a couple of rumors that people might have heard about it and uh, see if we can iron out some kinks in, in what people think it is and what it actually is. Well, what so is geocentrism? Uh, uh, geocentrism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's basically like kind of like it's almost like the opposite of heliocentrism, which is the idea that the, uh, you know, the the earth revolves around the sun <laughs> and it's more the sun revolves over the earth. So that's kind of the, the main difference, but yeah. You mind uh, breaking that down, man? Uh, kind of uh, paint a picture of how exactly that works. Yeah. So the, the idea is, um, it, you know, essentially the, uh, the sun moves over our earth plane and it goes like on a track almost and it migrates between two circles there's like an inner circle and an outer circle so that's what's responsible for you know the the seasons that we observe throughout the year as well as the um you know the differences in in daylight kind of time throughout the year and you know many other things like that so yeah it's a it's a really interesting concept and it, it, it's really interesting, too, because it brings everything just, like, a little bit closer together, I feel. And I, I feel like it's a really powerful worldview because of many things that we'll go into. But, um, yeah, firstly, you know, it, it really just, you know, in my opinion, it helps people to kind of see each other and connect and sort of see this world for what it is. Can I yeah. ask uh, how you uh, stumbled stumbled upon this? Uh... Like, how old are you? Where are you from? Like, when you ended up in this scenario, like, ended up with the belief you have now. Like, I, that's my question. Yeah, how did you how did you come to this uh, way of thinking? Yeah, yeah. So, sure, I, I was. I was just at home and I just heard about the idea. And to, to give you a background, I'm from uh, Connecticut, which is a state that's to the east of New York in the States of America. And, um, you know, I'd never, I mean, obviously I'd heard about this idea, but I hadn't really thought it was the right one because we all heard that the heliocentric one was the right one. 
so you know it, but it wasn't until last year probably yeah i guess almost about a year and a half ago last last fall of 2000 and actually i think yeah 2019 where i heard about the idea and i put it off for about you know half a year maybe six months because i didn't really want to think about it Mm. but then i heard about it again and i just thought if this is true that's wild but that might be you know it might be you know i don't just dismiss anything right off the bat you know or at least i try not to um and so i looked back into it and was kind of surprised at what i found okay Um, let, let me ask you this why why is it that you're so prepared to believe this uh you this way of thinking uh, as far as the geocentrism goes while we have all of this scientific evidence and everything we currently know with today's uh modern technology and you know we've got the space station up there like we've seen earth from space uh why do you choose to believe this very different approach to things yeah. yeah so yeah let's so we'll get we'll cut right to the nitty-gritty so it, it is referred to by many people as the uh flat earth theory mm. um, or the flat earth concept or cosmology and things like that and actually before we get into that i just wanted to quickly say um for people who may be listening there there's a there's a website that you can go to that's called like the flat earth society Mm -hmm. and it's just important to note that that website and like there's a couple facebook groups that are like that it's full of nonsense that you know that's not what the idea is (laughs) and uh yeah it's it's designed we think by it's put there by some people who don't you know, don't want the truth to get out to make people scoff at the idea of a flat earth and never look into it again, which is what I did at first. And then I heard that, you know, the flat earth society wasn't what the actual idea was supposed to be. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to like kind of set the record on that. Now, thank you for clarifying that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you go there, it's, it's kind of funny. Like there's many different ideas and they're all ridiculous. There's like, you know, we're a disc in space and but all the other planets are like balls and then there's like you know other ideas where we're like floating upwards somehow Hmm. unexplainably at like 9.8 meters per second squared and that is supposed to account for gravity and like it's just it's it's so stupid but anyway yeah it's it's not what we uh so believe or know to be true do you consider yourself to be part of a geocentrism community or um or a flat earth society like what do you think is there's one that's more aptly to title your belief system yeah so like i said everybody calls it just like the flat earth like you know is there like just like a basic earth way of saying it yeah exactly there it's just you know it, like i said it's important to uh partition those ideas out i mean those 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 tags so the flat earth society is a group of words that well, you know, if you put those keywords into Google together, you're going to come up with this disinformation campaign right. website. So, yeah, but, it, you know, technically we are like a society or a community or uh, a nation, yeah. <laughs> whatever you want to call it, man. Um, you know, it, there, there's people all over the world that know about this now. So, okay. yeah, it's 
anyway, go ahead. No, no, not to cut you off, but um, I don't know. I'm just trying to trying to make sense of this. As I asked previously, uh, and this is just for education, just so I kind of understand uh, where, where you're coming from with all this. Like uh, how, whenever you're approached with the, you know, the seeing the earth from the space station argument, how do you, how do you combat that? Because we've seen pictures of planet earth from, from space. Like we have evidence that the planet is indeed round and spherical. Um, what would you, what would your argument be to that? And uh, what is the geocentrist uh, explanation for that? Yeah. So, so satellite imagery and pictures that we get from, uh, you know, NASA and places like this, they, they don't hold up to scrutiny. There's, there's a lot of Photoshopping that goes on. There's a lot of computer generated graphics um, and it is really hard to believe everything that you see these days, which obviously you shouldn't. But at yeah. the same time, you know, I understand that. See, so are you are you implying that uh, NASA has a like dedicated Photoshop graphics team working on? Uh, and, and not yeah. to refute you, man. This is just for the sake of <laughs> argument. Like I'm trying to. Yeah, no, please do. Like this as is, a yeah, non-believer, how would you convince me that? The, that everything that I've seen up to this point has incorrect. just been has been conspiracy or you know just generally incorrect. Yeah, so there's there's no convincing you just using words. Uh, you, you know, it's 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 up to your own discernment to to figure that out and you know see what you think. But what I can do is just kind of point people in the right direction and tell people like some things that you know, like I said, the disinformation that's going on, but. Yeah, it's it's it is a crazy thing to wrap your mind around and and actually it's the right assumption to think that it's totally insane because that's what I did. I thought it was totally insane. And I think everybody does it first because you know, it's kind of difficult to reconcile that like there might be a group within the greater government of the United States of america and other places that's like filled with liars but <laughs> so, surprise surprise uh, politicians I, lying can i ask <laughs> another question what 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 is the benefit of our government lying to us and telling that the earth is spherical yeah so okay so eric if you guys don't mind could, could maybe we could save that for a little bit later no, that's yeah, fine no. i really i'm into this okay. we'll it. circle back around on that we'll uh okay so yeah, let me let me try and let me let me point something out that you guys might not have heard of, because you know obviously the idea first is we just think of you know places like NASA as having like a bunch of employees and they're in their offices all the time doing the stuff and you know just like a regular company, but yeah. actually NASA is is a contracting agency. And there's very few people who are like full time, like on the board, always there trying to get, you know, doing, doing work and like building things. A lot of times you're going to find that there's, there's, you know, some people that have offices and, and do the kind of administrative work and they hire a lot of people from outside areas, especially kind of like these, you know, 
elite engineering schools and things like that. And I think part of the reason for that is, be, you know, they hire people for like small roles, like help us design a rocket or help us make an image of earth based on data or help us to like, I talked to a guy who literally, literally said that he got hired to create a font for aliens to read. And then they were going to beam it into outer space. I mean, it's like, so <laughs> anyway, they do that kind of stuff, but yeah, it's like, it's a, a lot of people that you've, that you've maybe talked, talked with, or just kind of heard about saying that, you know, they work for NASA or they have worked for NASA at some point in history. Um, they're kind of doing that for like social value because it's not like they're currently working there. Um, and I've, I've met a lot of people, these people, they kind of hang around California and places like that. And if you really meet some of these people and you talk to them, they're just like these outer space type people that, you know, this, it's just kind of how they are. And it's where they signal in, in places like Hollywood and, in Los Angeles and it's like huge in like the TV world, especially, which is basically what that whole town is about, you know, because it, it they think that it gives them social value and it, and it kind of does actually like, you know, if you ever listen that. to people, you know, talking to talking about, I should say directors or people in the showbiz world, they're always like, oh, you know, and by the way, this guy, like, he worked for NASA at one point. Like, isn't that amazing? And it's just like, yeah, that's so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> are, these, are these contractors in on it then? Are they in on the deception? Most of them aren't, you know, but it's strange because sometimes you can kind of tell it's just how they are. Like, they, I don't think they, they consciously know, but because it, you know a lot of stuff's compartmentalized but you can kind of tell though when you look at them there's like there's something going on like there's something that like deteriorated about their soul or something because they've been kind of lying to people or just it, it's that whole ethos of of like let's put out some news and it's actually not even real and it's just designed to uh you know cause people to be afraid of one another or those kind of ideas. It's it's really it's really all baked in together in a way, which is again, it's an interesting thing to kind of think about. But that's that's what I've found at least when when talking to some of these people. So no, I mean honestly, man, this is a very unique outlook on all of this. I mean, I I'm mm -hmm. I, Adam here did a little bit of research ahead of time to kind of uh, prepare us for this, but um, I only know what I've learned just in passing or through uh you know conversation in passing and i think you might be the very first flat earther uh for lack of a better word that uh i've ever really had an in-depth conversation with and mm. yeah um let me ask well, that's you exciting i'm honored <laughs> but okay you talked about uh geocentrism okay so let me i'm just trying to clarify as far as like you know again quotation marks like the flat earth society is that's not so do you believe that the earth is a flat plane or do you believe that the just that the sun revolves around the earth or is it kind of go hand in hand yeah so yeah this, the sun goes over the earth we, we can get into the the map and and 
how the sun works a little bit later as well. Okay. But uh, I was going to bring something up. I'm trying to remember what your first question was on that. This is more of a generalized statement. Like, is it like, is do you actually believe the Earth is a flat plane? Or oh, right. In hand? Yeah. So, on an objective level, like, our world doesn't have a shape. It's 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 not necessarily like flat or round. It's just a dimension, dude. So there is no space. Is that what you're implying? Yeah. So. Perception? Yeah. So so space is um, it's interesting because we can send stuff up and we have sent up like weather balloons and things and um the horizon stays totally flat you know you can see for hundreds and hundreds of miles in every given direction it's flat there's no curvature um you can also measure that on earth you don't have to send up a weather balloon you can measure that over like an ocean or something but um but yeah there is like this kind of dark space above the earth but I don't think it's like this infinite space thing. And it's, it's certainly not this, this, you know, dark energy abyss thing that goes on forever. And like, there's well, billions of other balls that are like us and there's like gas well, balls and there's like, how do we explain the, the moon man? Um, I don't know. We've got the moon. We can, is it up there with the sun? Uh, and is that flat? <laughs> I'm, just trying to make sense of uh, that part of things. I mean, we've, yeah. we've sent people to space. I mean, we've astronauts have, I'm sorry. I mean, I guess that ties into the, the NASA conspiracy side of things. I guess in order to believe that you would have to believe everything else we've discussed. I'm, can you, can you give me your explanation on the, the space side of things a little better? I'm just trying to make sense of that. Definitely. So here, let me, let me bring something up also real quick before we do that. So, uh, a lot of people kind of instantly think like, wow, you know, everybody would have to be in on it. Like there are just like, you know, maybe not everybody, but like a large number of people. Mm. And so that's impossible. Every space agency in the world, the hundreds of thousands of people that's allegedly work for NASA, you know, things like that, they'd have to be in on it. Right. But if we do like a quick thought experiment, like imagine I were here instead of trying to convince you maybe that the, the world is like a flat plane that <laughs> instead I was here trying to convince you that, you know, whatever TV show you've never seen before is the best TV show in the world. <laughs> like you, you could also make the claim. You could be like, I've never heard of it. It's definitely not the best TV. In the show. All the people in the world would have to be in on it like for it to be the best you know but actually you've just never heard of the idea so well that would be yeah, opinion kind of based. i don't I know to try on you guys <laughs> i don't know but, if that's the best comparison uh, that would be more of an opinion whereas uh what we're discussing is uh a he it's you know a heavy uh evaluation of truth okay sure yeah you know i just i thought about that today and i, I wanted to see how that went you know I, maybe i'll have to work on, <laughs> i'll have to work that out a little bit but um okay so so back to nasa right so yeah nobody i don't i don't think anybody has ever been like up to this like you know low earth altitude and and things like that they definitely they definitely do some amount of filming of things up there i don't think it's a significant amount at all because nasa does like a lot of trickery if you type into uh like a web search engine international fake station mike helnick h-e-l 
N-I-C-K. You're going to come up with this professional videographer who takes you through step-by-step of like every magic trick they're doing, like, and, and like exactly how they do it, you know, from green screen layers to, uh, uh, simulating various uh, materials and liquids and fluids using uh, CGI to like the leap motion, being able to use augmented reality contacts to like manipulate, uh, various objects that aren't actually around in the, the you know, the, the environment around them. They're just like digital, um, digital assets that are, that are projected into this green screen type of layer. Um, you know, they have them hanging from wires. They have them. There's like, dude, when they do, when they do like the spacewalks, bro, like sometimes we can see literally bubbles because they have the whole international space station in a pool in freaking Florida or wherever it is. If you type in uh, the something like the, the national buoyancy lab or something, something close to that. I don't think it's national. It's something else, but it's uh yeah. The, the national buoyancy lab. There's literally NASA has like the, the ISS in a pool. Well, no, we that's have- a, this is well known. Uh, that is a model is a scale model that they use to train astronauts to work yeah. on the ISS. <clears throat> yeah. It's actually the one they film stuff with too. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, because I, you could tell like when they, when they pass it off, as like if they're gonna go fix one screwed you know one bolt outside the thing and it takes eight hours to do it whatever you know they they always they always have little screw-ups like and we can see like these little air bubbles sometimes and and there's there's many other things like there's one it's honestly like it's kind of funny at least now for me like when you watch some of the stuff and it's just how ridiculous it is like like one time a guy dropped a wrench in, in the, the space station and like they were like, Oh, we hit a pocket of gravity. It's just like, it's so ridiculous, man. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to but, look that up after the fact I have to, I don't think, you know, really scrutinize this later on and uh, look this stuff up and see if I can't mm-hmm. spot this for myself, man. Uh, I, I don't know. It's intriguing. And I am hoping that by the end of this, uh, you've, if not made a believer of me, have managed to. Hey, if you're looking for the truth, that's all that matters, man. At the end of the day. But you know, let's have a little bit of fun with let's let's have a little bit of fun with this. You know, based on the concept of geocentrism, how does that affect the the idea of extraterrestrial life? Uh, how does that how does that play into your wheelhouse, man? Do you believe that there's like aliens out there? Do you believe? In it's like, just us, or yeah, like what's what, what are what is our origin here at this point? Is there a god? Uh, let's start with the aliens <laughs> on the extraterrestrials thing. Uh, where does that where does that tie into all of this? Yeah, okay. So here, let me. I'll try and answer that with a. Let's kind of go into describing the map a little bit, and then maybe we can speculate a little bit about the, the extraterrestrials. So, so the the way that the map is like our world is here so let's start from like like the basics right so if you imagine what a puddle is right you have water accumulating in like a lower spot in the land like a little divot right yeah okay so a pond is kind of like a bigger puddle and a lake 
is like it could be the same size as a pond it just depends how you what you call it right right but it's basically like you know it could be like a bigger lake so the oceans the oceans and really it's like one ocean you know with many different little areas that are named different things um but the ocean is like a giant puddle or a giant lake and our world lake is contained within this giant ice sheet of a you know it's like a ring of ice around the entire thing so that's like the contain- container and that that land is is consistently much higher than any of the land you know on earth if you take it on average right so it's like it's like 300 400 500 feet tall if you're right next to it and it goes around the entire puddle and that is the container for our world our world lake okay um that land is all frozen and it happens to be called antarctica so antarctica you know it's not it's not this continent at the bottom of a ball it's like this giant ring of ice around the whole thing and what's interesting is that in the 40s and 50s um there was a bunch of navy explorations and like air force people went out there i don't know if they'd fully established the air force before until then but anyway there's like these reports you can actually watch some interviews of some of these guys who went out there and like they were trying to figure out what was out there right so they're going over the ice and like eventually it thaws out and there's like all these mountain ranges and like a lot of land with a lot of resources and all that stuff. So that's really, (laughs) that's really the outer territory. That's like the outer space, Um, the, the, the outer lands, the, the kind of extra lands that aren't part of the world lake, the extra territory the you know, the extra, terrestrials might be coming from there you know it's you're saying that that beyond this ice wall that is kind of uh blocking our world that we know to be earth in beyond that is more there's more land there's an entirely separate or uh continued uh body of land Huh. And uh, you, <laughs> you believe that... Uh, it's a lot to unpack. Yeah, no, th- it's a lot to unpack. I've got a big suitcase here, and I'm <laughs> trying to... suitcase. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to sort through all of it right now, man. That's... Uh, like, you packed? Like, let's go. Let's go to Antarctica. <laughs> Five French horns are in the suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this is... Uh, that's a really, really uh, interesting... Uh, I would... Is this, like, the generally held belief among geocentrists or is this uh, something a little more on the extreme end of things a little more personal or just like uh, individualistic to you yourself right okay so yeah nobody's been out to like all this all this area and everything so nobody really has it like totally mapped out or anything it, and it's like you have to kind of keep in mind it's like literally a giant territory it's fucking huge it's like the the ring itself is probably hundreds of thousands of miles in circumference so it's like you know it's kind of a task to map it all out and everything but a couple of problems like the first problem is there's it's it's like you know allegedly thousands of miles of ice so you have to like you have to get past that first um what about airplanes man couldn't we just fly over it yeah, exactly. So I mean, that's what the guys were doing in the in the 40s, like I said. 
Um, you know, you'd probably have to figure out some way to bring enough fuel or, you know, use like an electric, um, jet engine. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of that stuff is kind of up to speculation because like I said, nobody really goes out there. So there's there, well, except for some Navy stuff and some like UN stuff and some military stuff. Um, but yeah, the, the speculations are as follows. Some people believe that there's like some sort of gate that might, you know, wherever it is in this giant ring, it's like some kind of gate and it might open periodically. It might be open now. It might be closed now or, you know, who knows? Um, but you can, maybe you can sail through it. Maybe it opens like every so often and kind of floods the world, um, the world lake. There's, there's other ideas where, there's actually an account, which is kind of interesting because it might even just be like a fictional account, but there's a story uh, called the Iron Republic where these guys went out there and like met up with some people that called themselves like the Iron Republic and they spoke English and everything. So they might be out there. You know, there's like I said, there's many ideas where it's like it, we, we could be in this one world lake that was kind of thawed out by the way the sun circles over it because it's like this giant ball of electricity that melts ice and then the other you know there might be another world lake over here like thousands of miles away in this direction and maybe there's one over here well, would those here. be the planets then would that would those be representations like let's say mars is just a couple of world lakes over then would we be would we in mm. theory be able to you know fly a plane over there yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, yeah. What's interesting about that is like, okay, so the the the, the wandering stars, the planets, right? They they kind of move independently of uh, of the other stars in the zodiac. So it's a it's an interesting thing because those might just be like really far away suns, especially because you know they're brighter than most stars. So some of those, some of those planets that are like, you know, the, the real ones, um, they might be, they might just be suns that are like way farther away and they're sort of like reflecting or like kind of projecting into our particular, um, atmospheric dome, which I don't believe is like a physical dome or anything. Um, that's another thing that's up to speculation. I kind of believe you mean by not like, physical. Yeah, well, I just I kind of believe that there's kind of like an infinite ceiling, just like there's an infinite land. Okay. And if you think about like the horizon line, like that horizontal line that you see if you go out to an ocean or something, that's an optical effect where the land is merging with the sky at a definite point beyond which all subjects vanish unless you zoom in on them. And then they come back into focus. So it's an optical illusion kind of a thing. And I just think but it's that not because of the way light's refracted, right? Correct. Gotcha. So, yeah, so let, let's say uh, we've got, you know, these different worlds, these world lakes. Now, are there multiple suns kind of rotating around each of these world lakes? Like, are each, is each star, are those tricks of the, 
the environment or are all of those individual sons in their own rights still? Do those rules still apply to this? Yeah, so the idea of the idea of like the stars and everything, um, they're not just other suns, like they're they're just kind of lights in the sky. They're just that's what they are, you know. But what caused um, those lights? Uh that's so different. Yeah. What's that? See the commonly understood belief in modern science is that those stars are suns of other you know galaxies and of other different solar systems so what would be the geocentrist explanation for those lights in the sky if not suns yeah so they're they're just kind of projected into our reality um you know, the way that the, 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 you know, the stars and everything work is, you know, they go around over the earth at precisely one over 364th percent faster than the sun completes its cycle over the uh, earth. So in effect, you're talking about the constellations perfectly marking the calendar year. Mm. Um, you know, in other words, if you go outside tonight, and you look up at the stars at the particular time on this particular day, and then you do the same thing one year from now, they're gonna be in the, like literally the exact same spot because they're, you know, it's created. Like, well, well, how do you, how do you feel in the idea about like, the earth spinning on its axis and relate yeah. to that explanation? Yeah, so the, the the you know the Earth spinning on its axis is, is just kind of part of the whole heliocentric thing. Um, I don't really think that it's grounded in anything uh, accurate because um, it's just part of that whole cosmology. Um, we're gonna have to step back for a second and explain, you know, right to the beginning, you know, the Big Bang. So supposedly the beginning of the. Uh, the the universe and the cosmos um you know basically the idea is i'm sure you're familiar with it the you know nothing exploded and created everything and there's like this giant universe and there's matter everywhere just out of thin air <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's always kind of giving me a hang up too i'm not gonna lie to you on that one yeah i mean it's a theory i mean it's know? all it's a theory like, they call the idea it, that you know, the it's... earth has a core and a mantle is a theory. We still just teach that I mean, in school like it's not. I, I believe yeah. in the Big Bang. I, I don't know. But what exploded? <laughs> That's a different conversation for another time. Continue, <laughs> good sir. Sorry, Spencer. Yeah, so, wait, so, so Ty, do you you believe in the Big Bang or you don't? I do. I mean. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, the, the general consensus is that we, that the universe is, you know, constantly expanding and it had to begin from a central point to expand from. So mm. I, to me, the big bang makes sense. I guess, I guess that argument is just as valid as anything. I mean, you can, you're allowed to believe what you believe. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, like... what, my point being <laughs> is that by my explanation of that, that is just as valid as anything you believe in. So, I mean, I can kind of, right. I mean, right. It just is what it is at this point. I don't have the scientific backing to be able to sit here and explain every reason why I believe the Big Bang happened, but it's just yeah, yeah, okay, sure. So let but right, all right. So before I go into that stuff, let me just I just want to point something out. So what you just said there, right? I don't have the 
scientific backing. You know, I don't have the, um, uh, you know, authority to say what happened or anything. Um, the nice thing about, about, um, the flat earth cosmology and the, you know, many things that go along with that is that we don't have to abscond our intelligence or our, our sense making or our, our, you know, literally five senses, the way that we feel and see the world. Like we don't have to give that up to some argument to authority kind of a thing. Um, it's true because it's like, if you just see the world, like using your senses, like, you know, go outside, take your shoes off and just kind of become grounded with this place. You're not going to be moving. You know, it's not like you're spinning a thousand thirty seven miles an hour. It's not like there's any of that crazy stuff going on. You know, we're just here. We're connected to this place and this is the place that we live, you know. So anyway, so I mean, like part of the reason why the, the Big Bang Theory is kind of ridiculous is just because they they have this idea where nothing exploded, created everything. It's totally explained by what we would call science with a capital S and you know it, it's all happened by accident and the universe is expanding and there's this huge dark abyss I mean and commonly and, held scientific knowledge uh attests to the fact that as things as you get further out into space um out into the abyss so to speak things widen they get larger and more spacious, which would, and you know, if you go inward closer to the center, if there even would be a center, uh, things begin to become, you know, more condensed. And that, as you get closer to the center of what would be the, you know, ground zero of the Big Bang, that would infer that if things expand as they get, you know, further away and, you know, more out there and, you know, on the edge of things, I guess, that would in, infer that there was a central point or a starting point of this expansion, correct? That sounds more like gravity than anything else. That that's yeah, sort of so plays into it. Yes, that's what the idea is. So, but there isn't really. A, I mean, there there isn't really a central point even in the in in the hypothesis because you know maybe they could say the center of every uh, hypothetical galaxy and whatever they call them clusters or things like that um you know maybe that could be the center of each little section well, but, well no we can we have to a degree been able to use you know telescopes to sort of uh get an image model of what our universe looks like mm -hmm. uh, at least to some degree and we have yeah, so, all right, so here, explain to me how that works, then. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Okay. Um, I like this. Well, no, I mean, it's, it's we've got maps of the, you know, the, the known universe, and as you get further away from Earth, and I'm not saying Earth is the center of the universe or anything, but as you get further away from Earth, the galaxies, as they are older, which would also imply that they, you know, they existed longer than other matter in our universe meaning they came before these other things. If we were all here, then uh, if everything was here at the same exact time, then there would be no difference in the 
in the dating of these, you know, areas of the universe. And the further you get out, the older these uh, planetary bodies are, the older these galaxies are. We've got stars that have long since died out that help us gauge the age of these galaxies that are further and further away. Yeah. So, all right. So, so <laughs> I, no, I know, I know the idea, bro. All right. So here's the thing. Like, I totally know what you're saying because this is all the stuff that I, I knew to be true, like until kind of really recently. So like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, but it wasn't until I heard some of these ideas that I was like, Oh wow. You know, maybe that's, maybe that's like not actually how, how we thought it was. So here, I'll give you an example. Um, like you were talking about, there's some stars that are, you know, really far away and it takes like 20 million light year or, you know, 20 million years for a star that's 20,000 light years away to, 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 for that light to get over here. And so that star is not even around anymore. It's just kind of like, it might be like a dwarf star, one of those things, or like a giant red giant, I think is the idea. And so that somehow helps us kind of triangulate the age of the universe and stuff. But let me ask you this, like when, like, okay, so let's assume that our sun is like the star, it, like just like every other star. And it's like this giant thing. It's like millions of miles in, in circumference and it's 93 million miles away from the earth. So if, if we were to like real quick, like say we could <laughs> say we could like, use earth as like a death star right and we can like move it around in the universe and like just zoom up to the sun, the sun real quick yeah like right. just go right next to it and you know let's just pretend that we have like this impervious shield of water or something so it, we don't liquefy and burn up instantly right <laughs> so okay so we're now we're we zoomed up we're right next to the sun you would and it's daytime <laughs> so you would agree probably right that like the sun would take up the entire sky, right? Okay. It's so big. Okay. So now let's zoom right back to exactly where we are, which is allegedly 93 million miles away. Okay. So now it's a, the size of a quarter held at arm's length, right? Okay. Okay. So now let's two times that distance. So now we'll zoom the sun away. Or, we'll, you know, we'll go backwards through the solar system, whatever. So now it's 186 million miles away. Twice the distance of 93 million. So now, how big is the sun? It's like, maybe like a little pinprick, like the size of most stars, right? Right. So two times the distance. Okay, so that would be two AMU, astronomical unit of measure, whatever the hell it is. AUM, I think, astronomical unit of measurement. Um. So it's it's two of those. So do you know how close the the you know supposedly the the nearest star is, Proxima Centauri? Far away. Yeah, hit us hit us with the distance, man. Because I, <laughs> yeah, I can so already kind of see. I'm really bad at, at math. It's <laughs> yeah. So it's forty thousand times that distance, allegedly. So yes, really far away. Got it. Forty thousand times that distance. So, my question is, you're asking how we see these stars that are so far away. Do you, are you telepathic? 
<laughs> no, I, I, I just uh, pick up on inference. And uh, honestly, man, the answer to that's pretty easy. It's that our sun, as far as suns go, or stars in general, are uh, it's pretty small in compared to what's out there. Uh, there are stars that dwarf, you know, dwarf our sun by like it makes our sun looks like look like a pinprick. It makes our solar system pale in comparison to the size of some of these giants out there, man. So yeah. I don't understand why this that's such a like I don't understand the point you were trying to make with that. Okay, so yeah, the, the point I'm trying to make is that there's no way that we could resolve something that far away using the naked eye. Because, you know, even with the supposed theory that light travels infinitely in a vacuum, which... But that's, <laughs> like, that's gauging it off of the concept that every star out there is the size of our star, which is not... Exactly. You'd have to rely on this this idea that those things are that far away to even prove that idea. So, you know, but like the thing is like everything resolves only to a definite point. Like I was mentioning the, uh, the vanishing point, for example, um, we can only resolve things, even light that even a source of light that's, that's a, that's a, that's a certain distance away after that. It doesn't, it's, it becomes unresolvable by the naked eye because there's a distance limit so that whole idea you know i mean like the nearest one is forty thousand, you know times farther than twice the distance of the sun you know i mean like here think about let's think of another example like a plane in the sky you know how if it's thirty thousand feet up you could just barely see it but you you know you might be able to see it a little bit right okay like a jet like a 747 going over the land so if that was two, three, four times away, would you still be able to see it? Probably not. But I'm also nearsighted, yeah. so I can't see shit. You've also got to think of <laughs> the uh, the light energy being given off by that plane versus that of a sun. That yeah. does play into it. The, yeah. the, the sun oh, yeah, because is, planes aren't celestial beings. Yeah, there we go. I, I mean, I'm not a... I'm, I'm no scientist. Like, I... I mean, we can we can go back and forth all day, but I mean, that much is pretty clear that a sun, a star, is going to be giving off far more light energy than that of artificial lighting coming from an airplane. Yeah, I understand your skepticism. Totally. <laughs> Spencer, um, I like you. You're fun. No, no, this is a blast, man. And uh, <laughs> like, You're a lot of fun. I like you a lot. You're, 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 you're oh, thank you, man. You have an answer for everything. And I love that. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, you have a you have a kickback for every single every single thing that I throw at you. Well, you came prepared, and I am ready for it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but but I don't know, man. Um, let's let's roll things back around a little bit. I mean, I feel like we're okay, going down sure. a rabbit hole here, and we can come back. Wait, I do have one question too. Okay. As far as oh, actually, I had several questions. I'm trying to figure out which one I want to pick. <laughs> um, wait, hang on, I wrote them down. What were they? Uh, oh yeah, how do you feel about like lunar eclipses in response uh, to the the I guess the criticism of the flat Earth society or geocentrism as far as the fact that like during a lunar eclipse like this the shadow from Earth is always a circle like always like how would you explain that? Yeah. Okay. Well, how do you feel about it? 
I mean, I feel like I mean it's a shadow. I've seen it's curvature because of it, spinning and that's it back what on you. that's what I try to look at <laughs> as like a globe. But like if it, something wasn't globe shaped, it wouldn't for my entire lifetime that I've. I mean, I'm almost in, I'm in my mid thirties, so like I like I wonder what the answer to that is. Like as far as like a you know well what about this like I, that's what I don't know. I want to know what like I don't know. I guess the response would be. To that would be it's terrible grammar god that's awful but you, do you get what i'm asking yeah, yeah <laughs> okay you know thank you <laughs> yeah 100 percent. so yeah i mean like people you know like people like neil degrasse tyson like they they you know they feel like they never have to speak with any of us because you know he he's he he's just like he likes coming up with these things that are like funny, like little memes, like, yeah, obviously it's not a pizza planet because this isn't what we see, you know, and he puts it on Twitter. But like I said before, like, that's not anything that we believe. Like we don't believe that like a, a solar eclipse is the earth getting in the way of the sun and projecting its shadow on the moon. That's lunar. Well, no, that's a solar eclipse. No, solar eclipse is when the moon goes between the Earth and the sun. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the one that's coming up on May 24th? You guys going to watch that? I have no idea. I don't even know what I work tomorrow. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's one coming up in a couple weeks. And yeah, you're you're right. You're right. I always mess those two up. But so, but here's the point. When when there's whatever one is where, I guess it would be a solar eclipse, right? Where the, the moon is you know, allegedly going in front of the sun right yeah so how do you feel about the moon not having anything to do with that and being over there <laughs> because that's what we see when we look at a solar eclipse the moon is in the, another part of the sky it has nothing to do with the event that's going on where this 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 shape of something whatever it is is totally undetectable until right as it's crossing in front of the sun and then it's totally undetectable as it's leaving undetectable it's how i'm talking about like because during a lunar one you know you can see the earth's shadow on the moon yeah okay. and like right. in the curvature okay, so, of that shadow instead of it being like a straight line yeah so if if again if the earth was a ball yeah it, it, it wouldn't just be a circle being cast upon the, the 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 moon as a shadow. Why wouldn't it be? Because, okay, because if you do the experiment, I'll send you guys these things later. I just have to find them. I'm trying to go quick and find some of them right now. But, um, like, it wouldn't be because if if you take a light source, like, you have a flashlight, for example, or just any type of light source, and you have... Uh, like a model ball of the earth and then you have another model ball of the moon and mm-hmm. then you pass that ball shaped earth in front of this ball shaped moon you're not going to get a perfect circle going across that this uh, uh, that surface you're it's going to enter as like a hyperbola and it's going to leave as a hyperbola it, it's it's not going to just be a perfect just ball shape the whole time because the way that the shadow is cast it's not it's just not gonna be like we've done the experiments like it's just it doesn't look like that it's not a perfect thing the whole time because you're 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 putting a shadow on an uneven textured surface like if it was if the moon was flat 
then it would look like just a but just it, a circle, but, but it doesn't. So, so the moon is round, but we're not. <laughs> the moon, the moon is round, but it's not spherical. The moon is. So is this like not Paper a Mario? Um, is, the, the moon so is like two dimensional. Yeah, the moon is just a light source that's similar to the sun. It's projected into our reality. It's not. So is the moon is not a physical. Like we can't go. How do you explain the tides, right. though? Yeah, it's not like a rock. Yeah, the, the tides don't have anything to do. Well, let's do with the moon gravity and the shape of like because like from what I'm. This is all based on personal it's experience. It's definitely not. They're like bending the water around the Earth, and somehow that causes it. No, no, definitely it's, not that. That's what I'm getting at. Okay, like okay, <laughs> one. I, I really put a pin in that for one second because I do want you to explain yourself on that one. But what I was like growing up from my experience is that the earth as a sphere is like, it's kind of like a stress ball that you squeeze in your hand and the way like it or like a balloon that's very poorly inflated, the air distributes to one side to the other, depending on which side you squeeze it on. And that's kind of the tension that the moon's gravity pulls on the tides to recede and go forth because earth spinning and the where it's relation to the moon is, and it's, the water's getting sloshed around like it's in a bathtub, you know. Um, but that's how I was hey, always I, taught that the moon's gravity is affecting. To be fair, Spencer, time. I only kind of followed that myself. Sorry, it's very <laughs> big. Let's just simplify that. How do the how does the moon correlate to the tides? And if the moon does not correlate to the tides, uh, what? How does that phenomenon happen? Yeah. So this is this is one of the most amazing things and by the way there's some of this stuff that's still you know a little bit up to ex uh, speculation um yeah. and this isn't necessarily something that everybody's like right on the same page about but that's this kind of science that we like where not everybody's like right on the same page all the time like they kind of come out with the news and then everybody just gets on the same page so um the experiments are being done in order to figure out what the true nature of reality is um, but yeah, I mean, like, I'll just, I'll describe a couple of things, um, related to the, uh, the map and things like that. And then we'll tie that into how the tides work. Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay. So the map of the flat earth, we've established the idea of the, the, uh, the, the ocean, the world ocean being contained within this, uh, basin of Antarctica being this giant ring of ice and land around the world lake and all of the uh, continents are contained within that um so the way that the sun works is that the sun travels like i think i said before over the flat earth and it completes uh, a track over the tropic of cancer which is the innermost circle um you know towards the north pole the North Pole is the center, by the way, um, of the flat Earth. And then, so at the summer solstice, the uh, the sun is completing its track over the arc of the Tropic of Cancer, this innermost circle, like I said. And as it, uh, you know, after the, the solstice, the longest day of the year in the northern lands, you know, the lands that are closest to the center, um, it starts to migrate outwards. So, you know, during the autumnal equinox, it's completing its track directly over the equator. Mm -hmm. And then during the uh, winter solstice, 
it's completing its track over the Tropic of Capricorn, which is this like much larger circle on the flat earth. You know, obviously on, on the globe, they're the same size, which is um, incorrect. And so this is what accounts for seasons because the sun is lower in the sky because it's further away in the winter in the northern lands. But places like Australia and South Africa, that's when they're having in South America, um, you know, South South America, they're having their their summer during that time during the, the winter solstice. Gotcha. Because, yeah, because it's uh, it's directly overhead like it is in the summer in the northern lands. Um so, and that also accounts for the difference in, uh, in daylight, like I was saying. So because the, um, the inner circle takes, it, 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 the sun goes around 24 hours, it, it, it completes one cycle in 24 hours, no matter what the, uh, the diameter of the, 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 the circle that it's completing is. So it travels a lot faster when it gets to the winter solstice. So in, you know, in the northern lands, the lands that are closer to the center, um, we have less daylight because it's further away and it's going faster. Um, I've got to ask uh, on the, you know, the, you know, through the course of a day and uh, the 12 hours of daylight that we have at any, you know, moment of a day, give or take, um, depending on the time of year. um, Is there a Mm -hmm. point in the. 24 hour rotation that the sun is, I guess, on the underbelly of this earth plane or how does that work? Is there a, is there a, uh, a border to the, this world that we live in or how, where, where does the sun make its rotation all the way around? Or is it spinning in a big circle above us? And how would you explain nighttime? I mean, if the earth is indeed flat then yeah. and the sun being as large as it is would we not see that light at any given moment in the day if the earth were truly flat yeah i got you so yeah so well all right so we'll go here so imagine like is it nighttime where you guys are right now yes okay so if is there maybe like a street light outside or something uh, yeah, but I've got a blanket over the window. Yeah, but it's we really bright in here in the morning. We've all seen street lights. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So, just, yeah but so, so think of a street light, right? So, like that light doesn't continue forever. Like you can't see it so far down the road. Like it's it's uh, you might be able to see the the source of light, but it doesn't uh, the the pool of light that it's casting on the ground doesn't continue forever. It eventually there's a, a limit where that light doesn't have influence on the rest of the space, you know, that's so far away from it. Right. So that's how a light source that's close and local works. And you have to think like the world is obviously freaking huge. So this is just a kind of microcosmic analogy that we're talking about. But um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it works. Like even if you, if, if you take a flashlight and you direct it onto any surface like the ground or a table or something um there's a there's a sort of feathered effect where the the light feathers into non-light you know what i mean it feathers into a sort of well i don't know if that's the best comparison to this i mean first of all a flashlight is a more of a focused beam and you know we're talking artificial light man-made uh, light bur- uh, that's operating at a very, very low energy 
compared to the sun. I mean, yeah. Limited. Okay, so here's here's another. There's another optical effect that occurs. So we were talking about the distance resolution limit of our of the naked eye. Um, there's another thing that happens though, um, related to um, opacity. So if you think about, and then we'll, we'll go back to the um, we'll go back to the moon next. So is this but, like? Are you getting at like atmospheric interference? To yeah, exactly. So if you imagine like a really foggy day, that's because there's a lot of water vapor, like you know, around you. It's really hazy. You can't see further than 50 feet or something, for example. It's like we're in a big giant cloud. So even on a clear day, uh, there's water vapor in the sky regardless. There may be like in a desert, for example, very little water vapor. So we can see for like hundreds of miles sometimes if you're out on a desert and it's flat. Um, but, you know... It, there's water vapor regardless. And so eventually as you're looking through the atmosphere, the, the air, um, all of that water vapor eventually builds into this kind of layer of opacity that exists at a definite point, some, some distance away, depending on how much water vapor is in, in, in the air. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, and and that's something through which light can't penetrate after a while, you know. Too cloudy. Now, yes. on the composition of the sun, uh, do you do you believe that the sun is a? First of all, do you believe the sun is a ball, or is this another uh, two dimensional uh, representation of light akin to your explanation of the moon? Yeah, it's just a light source that is somehow projected into our reality. And do you believe this is of a uh, gaseous uh, composition or, or is this some other uh, source of light other than yeah, what I don't, you know this I don't think, Yeah, I don't think it can just be explained by, you know, oh, it's a nuclear fusion reactor with a bunch of hydrogen. Like, I don't think it can really be explained like that, but it definitely is a source of electricity. And that's going to relate to the tides. So let me just finish with with the the, the moon and the and the stuff like that, if you guys don't mind. Yeah, no, go, no, go, ahead, go ahead, man. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So, yeah, so the 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 sun keeps track of the hours in the day. Obviously, it goes around once every twenty four hours over the the world ocean and the, the land. Um, the the moon goes slightly slower than the sun so it goes around like once every uh, i'm not sure maybe one in one third day or something but it, it completes its cycle of phases exactly once every 28 days so we kind of think that at some point there was 13 months instead of 12 because um, if you take 28 and you multiply it by 13 months, you know, 28 days, 13 months, that's exactly 364. And that's how many days are in the year. <laughs> you know, there's not, there's, there's no need for this 365th day that they just like rationalize by having this extra like day every four years to have like this leap year and 
all this crazy stuff is not needed. There's 364 days in like the real year. Um, and you know, there used to be, like I said, there used to be 13 months because, and they probably, probably started sometime in March because, um, well, you're saying that the the day should have what? 28. Is that what you said? Yeah. Well, um, I think that the 24 hour cycle is based off of the, uh, there's a balance to things based on the season, like. 24 hours is a pretty good estimation of when the sun yeah, no, goes 24 down. 24 hours is good, but, but, but we're talking about 28 days per month based on the way that the moon works. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, yeah. I misunderstood you there, man. <laughs> February, yeah, no problem, no the whole problem. time. <laughs> so what's interesting is, um, yeah, like I said, we, we think that there used to be 13 months because the, some of the some of the months the names of the months are representative of, of like this older language that used to exist in the world similar to the zodiac like when you when you start thinking about september that's like sept like seven october would be oct for eight november is nov for nine december is death Sumerian for 10 yeah i'm not sure um but some kind of rooted latin or phoenician thing or something but um yeah it's like it's it's before these guys got carried away and started adding a, a day over here and taking a day from this guy that they were competing with and like you know how that all happened in uh, allegedly in rome and everything with julius having like you know, he made up his own royal family name. He's like, I'm gonna call this the Julii clan, and now now we're gonna have, like, uh, you know, this this month called July, and then my, you know, August, August Augustus, Augustus. Uh, yeah, I, I've yeah, read what exactly. you're talking about, man. I and those just... are always the those are the longest one. Thirty one days in August, thirty one days in July. Anyway, so stuff like that. Um, yeah, so. Anyway, the, the, the thing goes around, the, the moon goes around once every 28 days. And then the, uh, the stars, the constellations, which don't alter their course, um, they, they go around once every year, exactly once every year. And they always go around Polaris, which is directly above the North Pole and doesn't move. There's this, there's this whole idea where, you know, it's on a procession and it's 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 pseudoscience it never moves um so anyway that's that's kind of how that works now related to the tides and related to um this ball of electricity um there's this there's this idea where the um the sun and the moon are electrodes in our electrical universe and you know the sun is like the source of electricity and the moon is like the the you know the anode to the system the sun being the cathode the the or maybe it's the other way around again this is like the solar and lunar eclipse i get confused with the names but <laughs> <laughs> like i think everybody does but solar is daytime lunar is nighttime yeah and like this the the ocean Wait. No, no, solar is no, yes. no, is it? Yes, okay, yes. sorry. I, <laughs> I don't know, does it really matter? I, don't know. I think it does matter. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter, but... it does. You're right, you're right. We should be precise. So, the cathode is the, the, the negative, um, 
the negative electrode and the, the sun would be the anode, the positive electrode. So that's the source and then the kind of um, thing that it goes to, like the, 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 you know, the positive electrical charge and the negative electrical charge. So what happens is the sun beams its rays and its electricity down onto the, the earth and the world lake, the world ocean. And the ocean, you know, is made of salt water. So the salt conducts this current. It's not like this extremely conductive thing. You know, it's just perfect. It's exactly how conductive it needs to be. And, you know, the salt water conducts the current of the electricity that's, that's coming down from the sun, from the source of the sun. And the land is the salt bridge, you know, between these two electrodes and between the, uh, the, the, um, what's it called the the uh the salt water so the, the salt water conducts the current the 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 land is the salt bridge and it has this negative electrical charge to it that's why that's one of the reasons why we can levitate uh you know certain metals by running a negative electrical charge through them because it jumps away from the negative charge of 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 the land um so, yeah, but that also kind of relates to the tides as well, because it, it's like, you know, this particular current. And when when the um, when the when the when both the sun and the moon are close together in the sky, it pulls the water towards that particular spot because you have both uh, both electrodes, you know, close to each other. So they're pulling this water towards it and making it rise and then you know on the other side or it's not a ball but you know further away um it's a lower tide because it's it's like moving all the waters just 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 closer closer enough to where this um where the source of these two electrodes are and then when they when it splits back up again because like i said it goes around about you know one and one third every day that the moon goes around about one and one third in in relation to the sun's track every once every 24 hours so that's why you have like a couple tides during the day because you know it's 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 not like it's it's not like they're always moving directly together but when you have something like a new moon you get like a pretty high tide because that's when the 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 moon is like right like right with the sun you know so Anyway, it's 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 a lot of stuff to wrap your head around and everything, and like that's even it something is, that it I, is a lot. I'm not gonna lie, man. Even, like you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know about that that whole thing until like just recently. I've heard about the electrical universe idea, and then I kind of thought, eh, maybe you know, there's a simpler explanation for gravity too. That's just like density. Well, um, on that on gravity, um, with yeah. this geocentric view of the Earth, um. What about the, you know, we the we understand the Earth to or mainstream science science seems to understand the Earth as having a core. Um, what's what's the what's with that as far as geocentrism goes? Uh, do you guys believe there's like how deep does this plane go? Is so you end up on the other side of things? Yeah, is there another side to it, or is it just endless? Is it is there a, yeah is there a dark side of the flat Earth? 
<laughs> yeah, so... of a Pink Floyd. <laughs> okay, there's there's I'm really excited you asked that. So there's a couple of interesting things here. Um let's let me remember that and let's let's go here. So firstly, have you guys ever played Minecraft? No. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. So you know how <laughs> you know one one person is gonna get this, right? So if you go to you know there's like super flat mode. No. No. Tyler does. Can you repeat Jones. that again? Sorry. I was just laughing about the Minecraft thing. Can you repeat that one more time? So, yeah, you know super flat mode. Uh yeah, can you it's been a couple of years since I played. I have played it. I I'm, once you get going, I'm gonna know what you're talking Those about. Are... Okay, I mean even forget super flat mode. Any any normal world you, you create, right? Yeah. Okay, so you can just travel infinitely in one direction because it's it's uh it's constantly like holographically computer generating uh random generating yeah well you know I, what I mean? i've dug down until i broke through the other side and i felt yeah like yeah yeah so but you haven't broke through another side right you've just kind of went through the bedrock when you cheat right and then you go into like this there's like stars and stuff anyway so cheater so space <laughs> yeah right so i don't think that's how that how it goes in reality but when you're walking out across that's how it is. It's just this infinite landmass. And then you could you could kind of dig down and you know if they programmed it the right way, so it was representative reality of reality, you could probably dig down forever. I don't know though, because nobody's dug down further than eight miles. Man. So the whole idea like ever in the world, I don't mean in the game. So like the whole idea of like the you know, molten core with all these like melted it, uh, it's metals and everything that somehow create this magnetic field that's not even possible because every time you melt neodymium it loses its properties of magnetism so there's no way that it could be a molten core and that's what's establishing this magnetic field that is a real thing the the, the magnetic field is the core is not so well where um, does magma come from that's what i was just thinking about <laughs> volcanoes yeah like, where's exactly. the that one so that's kind of related to the to the the whole idea of this like this these dual electrodes and um you know the uh the land storing this electrical charge somehow i i think and this is also something that i'm not like an expert on and i, I don't think anybody knows for sure by the way but what i think is that that kind of uh, um, energy kind of gets stored like underground and you know maybe it gets more intense the deeper you go or something but it, it it's like that can melt material down there and then you know that's how that's where you get like volcanoes and things from because there's like these kind of lava channels that form under the earth and that's probably where we get a, like earthquakes from as well because if you think of like this magma channel that's forming just because everything gets so hot because it's like getting charged with, you know, hot electricity, um, you know, or like there's a particular spot where it builds up or maybe there's uh, the, the rocks being so conductive in nature. So they they build up at particular spots and then like imagine that it just gets so hot and there's like a bunch of magma that all kind of breaks together and sort of like melts together in a particular pocket 
that's going to cause this cavity. And so it's all going to like break together. And then you're going to get like this, this rumbling, this shaking kind of a sensation on the surface, similar to how like a volcano works where the, the pressure just builds up and then it just, it has to be expelled from a particular spot, you know? Oh, gotcha. So, I mean, again, it's like, it's kind of like speculative things, but we know that the molten core idea is, is crazy now. So there, you know, that cannot be what the source is. It was just a theory to begin with. Exactly. And, and like, listen, man, like there's, there's things where it's like, we kind of, we can't necessarily like blame people because you know, they, especially like teachers and everything, like that's what they were taught and everybody just got that information. And then everybody just was like, okay, this part's true. And the thing is like, because they thought it, it was true, but they never lied. They always said, listen, it's just the theory. It's just people can get carried away with those theories and then attach like the personality to it. And then say like, no, it has to be correct. And like, they're staunchly opposed to anything else. Like that's just how kind of people are. I'm sorry. I've got to, I've got to look this up right now. <laughs> blew Tyler's mind a little bit. <laughs> I've got to, I've got to see like, I also just wrote with the wrong pen on something I can't erase now. So just throw this piece of paper away. Okay. <laughs> okay. This, uh, okay. This is coming off of live science. Uh, uh-huh. the <laughs> inner core is solid iron surrounded by a and that's surrounding uh a molten core the theory holds again theory and oh yeah uh-huh. that's this is kind of uh blowing my mind right now this reminds me of that show uh just to plug a show on hbo raised by wolves remember that time snake joke we made where they go to the middle of the planet you know, man. <laughs> molten core. That's not. I mean, that's that's just whatever. It's like it's garbage news. You know, I gotta. <laughs> I gotta give you credit there, Spencer. <laughs> you you kind of just you and Adam here both kind of uh, concurrently blew my mind just now. Huh. <laughs> Absolutely, oh, I'm yeah. happy to. Yeah, I'm yeah. happy to do that. I'm glad. Yeah, no, that's. Uh, I also want to applaud you for not like I grew up very religious, what like in a very religious household. And so it's like, I, I appreciate the way you're taking this at an approach that's more scientifically based because science isn't fact. It's just a way of learning the truth. Yep. But, and however we interpret that, that's how we interpret that to each their own. But I appreciate you not being like, oh, because God said so. No. <laughs> right. I want to, I, I, I appreciate yeah. how much you've, put, how much thought you've put into this. Yeah, man. Well, you, thank you. You've definitely done your research. Not to cut you off, but uh, yeah, sorry. I, I do have to say, you. You've definitely done your research, man, and uh, I don't know what I expected, but I'm thoroughly pleased by the outcome. Yeah, I <laughs> not not to just like put, grind everything to a halt. Yeah, sorry, right now, just throwing that out there. Yeah, this is. Well, you, you did are, by googling because you didn't trust me. You are extremely <laughs> um, well informed in your, you know, in your uh, thinking. I mean, whether or not it's 100%, you know, true. It's another story. I mean, it doesn't matter if his is true or yours is true. It's what each of us believe in. My point is, like, much like what you said, I really didn't know what to expect out of this whenever we sat down with you tonight. And uh, I am impressed to I'm impressed at the amount of research that you've done on the matter. But you know, you know, we we've only got a we've only got so much time uh, that Anchor allows us, and I really want to I want to get this in before we before it's too late and we run out of time. Um, okay. 
you know, I feel like we're going to have to bring you back for a part two at some point, first of all. Okay. And I hope, I hope you're down for that, man. Totally, but, um, totally down. I do want to circle back around to the very, very beginning. Let's, uh, yeah. let's bring it on back around to the, the reason why all of this is such a, such a big deal for the government to keep a secret. Gotcha. Like, yeah, why, why is it that the government is uh, so hell-bent on, the world government for that matter, is so hell-bent on convincing us that we live it, on a spherical Earth in a three-dimensional universe that expands in all directions versus geocentric theory? Right, yeah, so there's, again, maybe we, you know, we could do another episode based on like kind of the history of where these ideas started yeah. and things, but I honestly I, feel like this could go on for hours is why I'm yeah. trying to circle things back around, man. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's, okay. We'll wrap up, up on this kind of topic. So I, I, I think that one of the reasons that, um, that it's kind of like this is, is, is the following, um, and there's many ways to take this, but one of the, I think one of the reasons is that, um, when this, when this whole thing was discovered, especially with Antarctica and exploring and like the, the knowledge of other lands and things like that. Um, I think one of the motivating factors for the Antarctic treaty was that they wanted to find out what was out there and they kind of wanted to make sure like, that it's like, you know, a safe area to go or something like, you know, because people have like this, this kind of fear of the unknown, right? There's, there's part of it where it's like, it's really swashbuckling, like, let's go and see what it is. You yeah. know? <laughs> but there's also the thing of like, okay, wait a minute, this isn't a ball. Like what happened? Like, you know, like what if there's some crazy stuff beyond Antarctica that like we don't know about or, like, what if they found something out there and they were just like, okay, uh, we're going to have to, we're going to have to look into this a bit. Now, the only thing that I don't like is that like they made this treaty for, like a really long time and it was till like, like 2040 or something. So it's coming up for renewal or, uh, dismissal, but when was uh, this treaty made, uh, like 52, I think, or 59. But, then, yeah, basically, it was is run through the United Nations, and, and you're you're not supposed to go out there. Um, uh, you're basically not supposed to go out there without permission from your country and f without permission from the council. And you know, the, the the thing that I really don't like about it though is like they they then they put everybody on a ball with NASA, and they kind of started all these programs because they were like, yeah, we're gonna have all these planes and we're going to have like all this cool stuff, but we have to sort of centralize influence with respect to these industries in order to kind of uh, make everything perfect and iron out the details. And so they sort of like ended the idea of going anywhere by putting people on a ball because they, it's like if you have a, a border around your town, like somebody built a fence, <laughs> You know, like you probably wouldn't be happy about that. And you'd be like, let's get over the fence or let's break it down or, you know, go rent an excavator and dig it up. Right. So, but then if you have, if you have a border around your country, you probably would still be like, what's on the outside of the border, you know, like 
we're not happy with a border and uh, like something like that. Cause then you can't leave. But if you put everybody onto a ball, that's it. It's over. There's no idea of like going to explore anywhere because it's already all been explored. So, so, so the, the, the ball, uh, the concept, uh, that we all believe is for our protection. Well, that- I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. But either way, it's annoying because everybody got that information. And then they, they're they just like, now everybody's been teaching it. And like these people from the last century just kind of left us in this mess without any explanation. And it's just like, okay, what are we doing here? Like, why are we all on a ball? And like people can just totally get carried away and and start especially if they're like, there's some things like that they're nihilistic about to begin with. Then it's just like, you know, that's, that's one of these things that just like feeds into this. And like all these astrophysics people, like that's pretty much like the one exception to like all good fields of science is like the astrophysics thing because they just keep making stuff up. They're like, Oh wow. We, we discovered something that doesn't fit into our paradigm. Like instead of undoing it all the way to, uh einstein and 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 uh darwin and the big bang like no we're just gonna find some ridiculous explanation in order to fit it into our paradigm like this is what i'm kind of talking about they just they just keep on adding different explanations and things but um you know there's other there's other speculative reasons as well like some people think that this whole nasa idea was started by like some criminals, bro, like some freaking gangsters who just wanted to make a bunch of money or just were saying, miserable in their life and wanted to make everybody else miserable or, or something. You know? So you're saying when uh, created by gangsters in this sense that you're mentioning, yeah. <laughs> um, what about, um, or since when, like when, when was this time frame that they decided to get together and make this a thing? Yeah, in like the fifties. I mean, the guys that invented NASA were, uh, you know, they. I mean, they organized this thing, right? It was, it was, uh, it was L. Ron Hubbard, the guy that made up the religion of Scientology. But L. Ron Hubbard True. was a science fiction writer. I mean, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that's where all this stuff belongs. Um. So, but man, the the humans have. Uh, you know, theorized that the earth was spherical for, you know, way predating the fifties. You know, like people like Galileo and whatnot. Like, how do you yeah. go about them? <laughs> yeah. So that, that might be, like I said, a, to- a kind of a topic for another time. Um, yeah. I mean, there, there, there is a lot of evidence that points to, um, you know, these people who, kind of decided to start this whole thing um in the 1540s when you know there was this particular group of people that that took over in in within the kind of catholic um papacy and right right you know the guy added like twice the number of cardinals it's like you're stacking yeah, it's basically a whole supreme court there's like yeah. a college semester worth of information <laughs> yeah exactly there's a lot of stuff to go into but you know, I think if that's true, I mean, we can also take the route that, okay, maybe they came up with it in the 1900s and just backdated everything. But I don't know if that's even true. I think it's it's probably more likely that the heliocentric thing 
started from people maybe with good intentions like they saw a ship go over the horizon and just thought okay we're not as we're not as clever as leonardo da, Vin to da vinci to assume that it's just the vanishing point because we're not painters so we just <laughs> we just think oh it's just going over a curve like i don't know where that you know because they had telescopes bro i don't understand how that works like how would they not have seen the thing and been able to bring it back into focus but so maybe I, they I weren't as cool as they thought happened. like you're saying or you the know? earth's round <laughs> who knows there's uh, yes well it's not round because you can you can zoom back in on that that uh that ship once it goes over this this curve and just bring it right back into focus so it's it's not going over any type of curvature it's just it's it's uh it's moving past the distance resolution limit starting at the hull because that's closest to the uh the land that's receding into the horizon similarly to the way that the uh sky is receding into the horizon line in 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 part of my research leading into this uh episode i stumbled across this one thing that i would like to bring up to you as a i want to hear what your uh response is to it mm -hmm. is like in that same vein is like say you live in a really generally flat area like texas okay mm -hmm. and there's you know you're looking out over the gulf and you can only see the horizon line so then you can see a ship sailing over it or you can see constellations at any given point in the time but say there's a mountain right behind you you can see it at the same point in time of day when you go at the top of that mountain right behind you as opposed to a flat plane on the level ground you can see more past the horizon it seems than you would from that other vantage point like how do you explain that yeah same way because the um depending on your elevation there's going to be more of the ground in front of you or the you know sea level in front of you that gets in the way of the perspective beyond it like if you go up to the top of a mountain yeah you're going to be able to see further but that's only because the horizon line rises to eye level so, like i said before so you're going to be able to see more of that land or sea level that's in front of you down below because it's not being obscured by the amount of land that's directly in front of I, you. I can kind of see the point you're trying to yeah. make. I, I guess. Um, I, don't, I don't know, man. This from is personal experience. I'll send you. I'll send it. you some some videos people have done with like the zooming in. And Please the do different elevations. Yeah, Absolutely. it's, it's super interesting. Where are you in Texas? Are you in Texas? No, no. we're both in Washington. He's from Pennsylvania. I'm from Alabama. So yeah, we're uh, we you know. we're way way away from where <laughs> but, we're originally from. But yeah, where, where are you we thinking right of like you, uh, Corpus Christi or something? Or you are. We're on the peninsula of Washington. Yeah, we're up in Washington State. Oh, okay. Um, you're in California, correct? Uh, Nevada. Well, yeah, close to California. Yeah. Oh, we're in the same time zone. Yay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you said you were on <laughs> Pacific time, so I just uh, assumed. But yeah. he was down the street. <laughs> <laughs> just been down the street this whole time. We could have could have just walked in. But no, <laughs> no, man. Um, dude, I feel like we could go on for hours. We really could. Yeah. 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 We're gonna have to we're gonna have to bring you back on, man. Um episode one, season three. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll give it a couple. Let's uh let's give uh let's give each other time to uh get some new arrows in our quivers and uh we'll gotcha. we'll come back to bat. Somebody's been playing a lot of RPGs lately. <laughs> no, I'm just uh I, I don't know. I gotta say man, um 
I, I do feel like we should start winding things down. Or we're really just gonna, like we're just gonna it's gonna go forever. I have to work tomorrow at some point, which I've still not established. Yeah, we're just gonna keep going otherwise. <laughs> but um, I would like to find a breaking point for now and uh, call this gotcha. part one. But we definitely want to do a part two with you, dude. Absolutely. Also, send um, me a friend request on Facebook because I just <laughs> I want to have a conversation we'll, with you outside we'll, of the podcast. We'll take care of that later okay. outside of this. But um, no, man, uh, this has uh, this has been. A pleasure. I did not know what to expect with this whenever you messaged me uh, to come on to the show. Thank you. Yeah, I had no idea what was going to come of this. I had no idea of how to prepare for this conversation because I've never spoken to anybody personally that you know believes the things you believe and thinks the way you do. And we mentioned previously that you are unexpectedly... Um, prepared and we i can tell that you're an intelligent guy like you are yeah, I didn't, you're, you're very smart i like this i didn't think you were going to be stupid per se but you had um, different expectations of the way things were gonna play out yeah you are <laughs> yeah you are a I'll graciously accept those compliments guys thank you very much professionally as possible yeah you are very you're you're very well composed and yeah, you, you articulate like really cool you, you articulate your thoughts very well and i I, I can't speak for Adam, but I feel like he probably feels the same. Uh, I have had a blast talking to you, man. And I hope that our listeners uh, were able to take something from this. And if not, you know, having their minds changed on things, uh, maybe maybe open they might suggestion. be a, yeah, a little more open-minded on <laughs> the possibility of things. Yes, yes, definitely same. You know, and I just wanted to say, like, I really enjoyed speaking with you guys as well. And I'm, I'm actually, I think I'm going to listen to some of the, the shows that you guys have done as well and just, you know, get to know more about you guys and, and the, the people you've had on and things as well. Cause you guys sound like awesome people as, as well, Thanks, man. So, yeah. Yeah. This is, this has been a blast dude. And, uh, like I said, before we end up going on d down another rabbit hole, <laughs> um, I, I guess we'll wrap things up, but Hey man, um, thank you very much. This has been a pleasure and uh, we look forward to having you back on again soon. Thank you, Spencer. Thank you. Would you, would you guys mind? Could I just say my, where people can find me? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Plug yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, plug, plug yourself, yourself, dude. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So yeah, it's just uh, on SoundCloud right now. I have this SoundCloud called, um, the light of all nations. Um, that's what it is at the URL. But I think if you just search it, you can find it. Um, and there, if you want to email me too, you can find the email on there or you can just, it's, it's a, it's a higher existence at gmail.com. So if you have any questions or you want to know where some of us get together and hang out on live streams and things, or if you want to know, you know, if you want to, ask about different different resources you can look into or very like videos or something like send me an email a higher existence at gmail.com and i'd be happy to send anybody and everybody information that they want because i love this stuff i love talking about it and it's really awesome Heck yeah dude <laughs> hey uh, thank you very much, man. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, we'll go ahead and uh, put your your contact information and all of your linkage uh, on the oh description goodness. of the of this episode whenever it goes live. So we'll go ahead and uh, go the extra step on that too. That way, people can find you. Okay. Beautiful. Thank you. Hey, on that note, thank you very much, Spencer. All right. Take care. Thank guys. you. Thank you. Bye.
Bye-bye. Hey guys, uh, that was Spencer, Spencer Gilbert. He he was a guy, right? He is a geocentrist, and he just dropped some some knowledge on. I mean, yeah, knowledge. He dropped some knowledge on us. Truth deuces. I don't. I don't know if I would call it truth deuces, but anybody would ever use that phrase outside of right now. It was um, it was an interesting take on. Really cool guy. I like him. Yeah, it was it was an interesting take on what we on the mainstream of how we look at things. And while I can't say I've been converted by any means, I'm pretty firm in my beliefs that the rock we're standing on is spherical indeed. I do believe that he made some pretty solid points, man. I no, he was really, really cool. He was he had good composure. He was he was ready for it. I'm sure he's heard all of the skepticism going into it. Like he was like, okay, I'm going to get a lot of pushback from this. It's like, but at the same time, like dude, dude's awesome. He had an answer for everything. And he's he's amazing. I mean, maybe, maybe somebody uh, a little smarter than myself uh, could have. uh, Perception is reality. (laughs) So that's all it boils down to really. But honestly, he had me, I wasn't able to, there was, I didn't have a comeback for everything he said. <laughs> you know, that, that, I wasn't. Really, I can't wait to have him back. That's yeah, all no, I'm saying. I can't wait to have him back. No, this was uh, unexpectedly interesting. I mean, I knew it was going to be interesting one way or another, but this was fun, interesting. Yeah, like, and, I mean, like again, like I have no idea what I'm even scheduled to work tomorrow. <laughs> like if people ask me what I believe, I'm like. Hell if I know, you know, like I've got more important things going on. Hey guys, like, yeah, no, he's he's got it, he's ready. This this guy <laughs> is. Know? I'll I'll say one thing. This guy is firm in his beliefs, and he probably has more research and and just general understanding of what he believes than the average person does in what they think they believe. So I will give him that. He, yeah, step outside of that comfort zone that you're used to living your life by and just be like, hey, don't dismiss it immediately, you know? So maybe we're all wrong in every respect. To, to you, Spencer, once again, thank you for coming on to Tyler and Adam's Pretentious Podcast. Thanks, we man. We appreciate you, man. Uh, we appreciate you taking time to sit down and share what you what you think and uh, kind of break it down for us in layman's terms that we kind of understand what's going on in uh, in geocentrism as it's called and I'm gonna do some more research on this whole concept myself on my own time me too I'm off on Sunday yeah, all day <laughs> so yeah you uh you if nothing else you've got you've given us something to, to research and uh, educate ourselves on for the ongoing weeks probably based on yeah. what I'm seeing. Yeah. <laughs> this is a deep rabbit hole. But hey guys, uh, on that note, we are going to wrap things up tonight and we <laughs> really hope you enjoyed the, the show as much as we enjoyed uh, doing it tonight. So that was an experience. on that, uh, this has been Tyler and Adam's pretentious podcast. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye y'all. Yeah, 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 right. Like, you still haven't done it, right? If, I need to hear your piece. Like, like you're ready, like. Peace! But no, you gotta like, feel like a me. Like, once more, we're feeling. Peace! Peace! <laughs> <All right. laughs>